eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good afternoon, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here. Following Ohio State's domination over Indiana, 56-14. to 14. Buckeyes looked great out there. I am Dave Biddle. Welcome into What We Learned Live. We will hear from the Dean of Ohio State Football Recruiting, Bill Curlick, here in a few minutes to talk about the day of recruiting for Ohio State. We will hear from Patrick Murphy and Steve Hellwagon live from the Horseshoe following postgame interviews. Um, I will take your questions later if you have questions. Uh, please hold off for now so I, I make sure that I see them. Let's get into some of the things that we learned. Um, great performance from Ohio State. Obviously, though, I think we have to start with uh, the elephant in the room. That didn't look good for Mayan. And, you know, this it's a concern. You know, I mean, it's a big concern. Now, do I still think they can beat Michigan if they have Dallin Hayden? If they, if, let's say it was just Dallin Hayden. Yeah, I think they can. But, man, they, they need – at least I think Travion Henderson, you know, and Dallin Hayden for me to feel good. And hopefully it's not as serious as it looks with Mayan. Um, so that, that's the first thing. Mayan was having a great day. Um, you know, 147 yards before you could blink. Um, leading the Big Ten in average yards per carry this year coming into the game at 6.2. And then averaged 9.8 yards per carry, almost 10 yards per carry today. Um, so too bad to see that, but um, – Let's get some other things we learned. So, Dewan Jones sat out this game with an injury. Um, I think – well, I shouldn't say it's an injury. I don't know for sure if it was an injury. Could have been an illness. Josh Fryer started at right tackle. I thought played well. Um, and I thought two things here. I think if they didn't wrap it up, I think that it's really close 
CJ Stroud with the Heisman and Marvin Harrison Jr. with the Politnikoff. And you guys know how I feel about Tommy Eichenberg and the Buckets. Maybe throw him in there as well. Um, I shouldn't say locked up. I mean, obviously, CJ Stroud needs to like, you know, beat Michigan and play well in that game. But and Hendon Hooker is right there, but I feel like CJ has the edge on him, especially now we learn CJ another just fantastic game. You know, five touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, now with a ridiculous touchdown to interception ratio of 34 to 4. 34 touchdowns, four interceptions for CJ Stroud on the season. Um, and Marvin Harrison Jr. is an absolute freak. Um, seven catches, 135 yards, a touchdown. Now it's 60 receptions. 969 yards and 11 touchdowns on the year. Marvin Harrison Jr. He better win the Bolitnikoff. Um, so obviously a downer. If it wasn't for Mayan's injury, we would just all be elated right now. And I think we're all still mostly elated, but that's a tough one. So I'm still curious about the defensive line rotation. It didn't matter today. They, they got the job done, but, you know, um, Ty Hamilton getting the start. Mike Hall played, and so did Tyleek Williams. I do think Mike Hall must still be on a pitch count. He had that, you know, I don't know if it was a peck or whatever it was, something, you know, some, something upper body, shoulder area, maybe a little lower um, that he suffered earlier in the season. And I think that must be what it is, is he's still on a pitch count. Um, and, and they're just making sure he's ready to go here in two weeks. Two weeks exactly. Two weeks exactly. So, um, yeah, we learned Mike Hall, in my opinion, is still on a pitch count. It has to be. That has to be it. I mean, because – now, Teron Vincent, I don't have a problem at all with him starting. He's playing great. but um, And Ty Hamilton didn't play bad today. I just – Mike Hall, if healthy, should be starting. And Tyleek Williams, I think, should be playing more as well. Travion Henderson, I think a lot of people have, have wondered, is this load management? Is he actually, you know, he's like pretty much healthy but could play? I mean, yeah, if it was the Michigan game, I think there's no doubt he could have played today. But he is legit dealing with a foot injury. If you've listened to our podcast, you know, you know I've said that multiple times. This is not like – it's just precautionary and he has like some like minor little like sprained ankle or something, or even something like more minor than that. He's either dealing with what I've told either a turf toe or plantar fasciitis, which both linger and both are painful. So they've now given him two weeks off. It's not just load management, which that term to me means like, you're not really hurt, but we just don't want to like, we don't, we don't want to get you hurt. You know, like, no, Travion actually is dealing with a legit foot injury. He's been seen in and around the whack um, wearing, a walking boot, you know, and we've been told that's precautionary. Um, I think he's going to be fine. You know, they thought they'd be fine today with Mayan and Dallin, and they were, even though Mayan got hurt. Dallin looked good too, Dallin Hayden. So, and Xavier Johnson, tip your cap to Xavier Johnson. How about that? I mean, he continues to step up, and he's not a walk on any longer. I think we like to say, like, walk on Xavier Johnson. He actually has been bumped up to scholarship. I don't know why they didn't make a bigger deal of that. But um, they did not. And uh, Xavier Johnson, fifth-year senior, who can come back next year technically because he redshirted his first year and then 2020 didn't count. He could come back as a six-year senior next year, and why not? And he's not, like, out of position playing running back. He was a running back in high school. Like, he did a little bit of everything in high school. But he had played running back earlier in his career at Ohio State. Uh, he's done whatever they needed. To. He had One year he played corner because they were thin at corner. Um, this year he's been playing wide receiver and even today played wide receiver, had a couple nice catches. Love what I'm seeing out of Xavier Johnson. Tough as nails, helps out on special teams. Always was making plays when we're at practice these last four years. And now as a fifth year senior, it's all paying off for him. You got to love that. Let's get to the defense. I mean, love what Jim Knowles is doing. I love it. Absolutely love it. Now, Indiana is limited, but still, 
Indiana starts the game out with three straight three and outs. Three straight three and outs with Jim Knowles getting after them. I think Ronnie Hickman's playing great football. I think Lathan Ransom's playing great football. Ronnie Hickman had two great plays in the first half. Two great plays. Tackle for loss where he blew up the blocker and, and dropped the guy for a tackle for loss. I mean, textbook. And then textbook coverage. So, you know, Ronnie Hickman uh, has really taken that adjuster role and has, you know, just completely run with it. Um Cade Stover, big day for Cade Stover again. By the way, he needs one more catch for 30. I still This still cracks me up every year we go into the season saying, is this going to be the year they, Ohio State tight end has 30 receptions in a season? We all thought last year with Jeremy Rucker, he'd get it. He ended up having 26. Cade Stover now is 29. 29 catches on the year today, two touchdowns, now five touchdowns on the season. Cade Stover is a better receiver than he is a blocker. He did block better today, but whoever thought would say that, I thought he'd be a block first tight end, shockingly at Ohio State, right? And that he'd, you know, be maybe okay in the passing game uh, as a receiver. No, he is a beast. He seriously looks like Gronk after he catches the ball. He really does. I mean, have fun. We say have fun tackling Mayan, like have fun tackling Cade Stover, right? And then that he's athletic. We've seen it now, the time that he did the flip a few weeks ago for the touchdown today, putting the hand down, staying up. You know, not letting his knees hit, reaching out for the touchdown. Two touchdowns for Kate Stover. Never saw that coming this year. I'd love to say I'd love to say that I did. Yeah, we learned Julian Fleming had a big drop that that killed a drive, but I, I still overall love what I'm seeing out of Julian Fleming this year. Like, if Jackson Smith and Jigba would be, would be healthy, like Julian Fleming would be the number four receiver on this team. Even with JSN out, he's the number three receiver. So yeah, he had a bad drop today, and he had a you know drop last week. Last week, I kind of throw out the window because of the conditions. But, yeah, Julian Fleming needs to get – he needs to catch the ball away from his body. Can't let that – can't let it get to your chest. He knows that. Brian Hartline, I'm sure, you know, things happen when you're running at full speed and Julian Fleming runs faster than most humans. And um, and then C.J. Stroud's firing the ball in you and you got a guy trying to take your head off in cover. It's easier said than done to get your hand – but, like, you got to get your hands out there and not let it get on your chest where it's going to bounce off. But I still – Overall, I think Julian Fleming is playing very good football this year. Very good football. All right, so we learned Denzel Burke didn't play. Um, apparently, he was he was in uniform and warming up. It didn't go through eleven on eleven drills during warm up, so that was he wasn't on the availability report. I don't know what's going on there. Probably precautionary because now all of a sudden they got they have Cam Brown back. That was great to see. Not that he played a perfect game, but overall he played well. And great to see Cam Brown. He made some good plays. Um, had a bad play, uh, but overall I thought played well and. You know he hates Michigan, and he brings a physicality, and he's athletic. Love having Cam Brown back. And then Jordan Hancock, great to see him healthy and out there playing. Again, not that he played like a you know an A-plus game, but uh, still played well. Uh, J.K. Johnson's out there. Um, I don't remember. Do we see I – don't, I, I don't remember seeing Jair Brown out there. But, you know, it, you know, Denzel Burke, I was asking some of my colleagues, like, what's going on with Denzel Burke? And uh, apparently he was dressed but uh, did not play that I saw. But can't – can't say enough nice things about Jim Knowles and this defense. I mean, you go from the 59th total defense in the country to now one of the top five total defenses in the country with basically the same guys. Yeah, you're older, but it just goes to show how important coaching is. I mean, um, you know, it's just both things are so – both things are paramount, you know, or both things are just, you know, uber important when you're talking about recruiting and coaching. You know, both things you cannot uh, – you can't have an elite um, – program without one or the other i will say this though if i had to have a b plus roster and a plus 
coaching staff opposed to an A plus roster and a B plus coaching staff. I think I'd take the A plus coaching staff. I think they'd take that B plus roster and beat you because they would be able to outsmart you, out scheme you. I'm talking overall, overall, the, the overall coaching staff. So both are important, but I think coaching doesn't get enough. Um, everybody knows stars matter. Do people know coaching matters? I think people do. I think people do. By the way, I love um, Gus Johnson's nickname. It's very simple for uh, Marvin Harrison. Marvelous. We learned that. He, 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 Gus Johnson keeps ripping him. You know, the world famous Ohio State Buckeyes. You know, you had barbecue back there. You didn't invite me. Marvelous. I love it. You know, what he did with, you know, J.K. Dobbins, all that good stuff. So hopefully Mayan. Now, Mayan did give the thumbs up and all that on the way out in the OH, but then he's back on crutches. So, Obviously, that looks like it's serious. Let's hope it's not. His looked like his, you know, right foot was in a boot, and um, he was on crutches. Let's hope it's precautionary. Doesn't play against Maryland. Is somehow able to play against Michigan, but doesn't look good, does it? Um, but if if they have Travion Henderson and Dallin Hayden, I'm still confident in the Buckeyes. Two weeks from now, exactly. Two weeks from now, exactly. I cannot wait. Watching Michigan right now against uh, Nebraska. It looks like a sleet in uh, in Ann Arbor. Plenty of good seats still available. How about Cam Bab? I didn't bury the lead. I'm just going kind of chronologically here. How about Cam Bab? I mean, I mean, are you guys still we everybody uh, clear the tears from their uh, their uh, sockets at this point? I mean, that was so cool, wasn't it? That was so cool to see Cam Bab. Not only his first touchdown, his first catch period as a Buckeye as a fifth year senior. Four ACL injuries. Four ACL surgeries, two on each knee. Great kid. I mean, to be named captain by your teammates when you've never even caught a ball, you never played. I mean, he's played, but like on special teams, never caught a ball to the end of the year. For you to be a teammate or you be named captain at Ohio State shows you what a young man he is and, and how much respect he has. And was that not the coolest thing? Like, I, I just – you know, it's just it, – it, I'm getting a little choked up just thinking about it. Like, the, have you ever seen, I mean, anything like that where a, a guy gets over there and, like, everybody on the sideline is just, like, beyond elated? It like Cam Bab just won, like, a gold medal at the Olympics is how everybody was and, – and it did feel like that. Like, that, that was so cool. That was so cool. Um, overall, what a great day. I mean, it, it was, like, except for the Mayan injury, like, you know, right? I mean – which is huge. Um, what a great day. Everything else, great day. I love what I'm seeing out of this defense. Again, Tommy Eichenberg better win the Butkus Award or at least be a finalist. Um, and Cam Babb, could not be more happy uh, for Cam Babb. This defense gets after you, man. Uh, five sacks at last count. I had to get ready for the show. I don't think they had one late. But five sacks, two by Jack Sawyer. Absolutely love it. Um we're going to hear from Bill Kerlick very shortly. I mean, that's a big day for recruiting. Um, somewhat for the 2023 class, you know, with uh, Arian Carter having his official visit today. But mostly, you know, we're, this is mostly a day for like 2024 and even 2025 kids. So we'll hear from Bill Kerlick somewhat soon. Let me see if I've heard from Bill yet. Um, so, again, a great day. A great day from um, – here, Bill says he doesn't have the – here, let me send this to Bill. Give me just a second, my friends. I am going to send the link to Bill Kerlick right now. So, yeah, let's hope we get some good news. We'll talk to Patrick Murphy and Steve Hellwagon and get, you know, the latest from the press conference afterwards. I'm guessing Brian Day either won't say anything. Probably it's not good news. 
but we'll find out. Um, all right. So I, I really think CJ Stroud, we'll see. I mean, Hendon Hooker had a good game today, but um, as long as Ohio State, I know, I don't think this is actually a big if. I'm very confident in two weeks from now. As long as Ohio State beats Michigan and Stroud plays well in that game, Stroud's got the Heisman, in my opinion, after what we saw today. Um, so yeah, um, Patrick Murphy saying he's going to skip the post-game press conference. No, I don't think he really is being serious about that, but, um, so we're going to hear from Bill Curlick soon. He now finally has the link. Um, so I think CJ Stroud won the Heisman. I really do. I could be wrong. As long as he has a good game two weeks from now and the Buckeyes beat Michigan. I think you've seen that five touchdowns today. Um, and how about the way he's like been a willing runner. Even sometimes it doesn't even work out. Today he had one where he lowered his shoulder. He kind of those, those are ones I even don't want to see, like where he lowers his like his throwing shoulder, like and doesn't even get the first down. Like I, I want it where it's like clear ten yards and get out of bounds or slide. That's what I've been talking about. Like Stroud's taking this to heart, hasn't he? Like people's like daring him to run. He's like, all right, I'll show you. And then they had some called quarterback runs, which just this baffles my mind. Actually, they had some called quarterback runs. And Indiana was ready for them. Like I've always been saying, like if you did like a called quarterback run with a fake, like the, the DN, no one's going to respect Stroud running it. I guess what happened last week, they actually had to prepare for it. So um, I guess that's a good thing. I mean, now like defenses have to prepare for that triple threat. You know, we keep saying you can't have an RPO with just a double threat, where it's just either you're going to hand it off or you're going to throw it. You have to have that threat of the quarterback keeping the ball, at least to keep him honest. And Ohio State has not had that. Now they do. Now they do. Uh, I'm surprised Indiana respected it as much as they did. But, like, there was, like, at least two or three times where, like, CJ got stuffed on called quarterback runs. And I'm like, damn. Okay, well, at least, like, teams are having to, like, prepare for it. When Ohio State was running the ball downhill, um, they were very, very, very effective. Very effective. Um, and, uh, again, let's hope that um, – let's hope that Mayan is okay. Again, I, I'd be shocked if he is. So we're going to hear from Bill Curlick here in a moment. Arian Carter with his official visit. So some of the 2024 kids that are on an unofficial visit today, Garrett Stover, uh, who is Cade's cousin. Garrett Stover, um, out of Big Walnut, linebacker, safety, probably would be a linebacker at Ohio State, tight end. Uh, Jaden Riddell, or Riddell, I think it's Riddell. Um, offensive lineman, Jake Wheelock. Those are three of the bigger kids from the 2024 class. Uh, we'll hear from Bill for 2025. There are a lot of 2025 kids there, too, guys that are uh, either just finished up their sophomore season or are about to. And then again, you know, this 2023 class for Ohio State's interesting. 21 commits, number five overall class in the country. Um, third best player ranking, though, which I always love to look at. So the third best average player ranking for this 2023 class. And if they can finish strong, I feel like Ohio State's going to you know, finish with a top four class. Only one linebacker in the class so far, my friends, Arvell Reese from Glenville. So we'll see if they can get Arian Carter. We'll get Bill's thoughts on this. The issue that I see is um, Steve Wiltfong has crystal balled Arian Carter to Alabama. So not good there. Um, now, he only put a six confidence level on it, but still not good that uh, there's been a thong bomb for Bama to land Arian Carter. Now, maybe the Buckeyes will be able to get him to flip. Everything that they're doing on defense is helping. Everything they're doing on defense is helping. And right on cue, Bill Curlick is in the house. The dean of Ohio State football recruiting, 
go curl. How you doing, my friend? Good to see you. Doing okay. Good to see you, Dave. And we'll uh, got more to talk about today, I'm sure. So let's start with Arian Carter. Um, Steve Wilfong has a crystal ball in for Alabama, as you know, six confident level, like so not extremely confident, but um, official visit for Arian Carter. Um, I know you don't, you know, it's still going on, but what are you hearing and what's your confidence level that maybe the Buckeyes can slip past Bama and land him? Well, I do think that Alabama is the leader right now. Um, uh, he, interestingly, though, he is still committed to Memphis at this point, but I don't think anybody really thinks that he, in the end, is going to sign with Memphis. He's uh, making official visits to Ohio State, Alabama, um, Michigan, Tennessee, and, you know, the odds on uh, of him sticking with Memphis aren't real high right now. I, I do think Alabama is the leader, but Ohio State gets their chance this weekend. You know, they'll see um, if they can impress him enough to uh, sway him to Ohio State. And, you know, the way Ohio State's defense is playing, as you know, Dave, <laughs> uh, they've, they've got a good product to sell right now, no question. Yeah, no doubt about it. I was just saying that. Like, I'm glad you brought that up because um, Ryan Day talked about this too. It's like, it was easy to say in the offseason, not easy. I mean, it was like, it wasn't easy to say it, but like what maybe wasn't easily received. If you say, oh, we're going to be really good on defense. Like recruits are like, you've been terrible the last two years. Like I need to see it. Now they've seen it for 10 weeks. Now they've seen Absolutely. it. And it's, it's not just a good defense. It's a fun defense. You think if you're a defensive player, this is a fun defense. They're going to attack. They're going to attack. They're going to have lots of sacks, the tackles for loss, turnovers. They don't come from all angles. So absolutely love it. Before we move on to some of the other kids, go ahead. I have to, you got me thinking about something to mention too, uh, as you talked about that. Um, Lathan Ransom today, you know, the fun defense you mentioned, you know, he's blitzing, he's getting sacks, you know, he's covering in the secondary. And Ohio State is trying very hard to get. Um, Caleb Downs, who I think is the best football player, high school football player in the country, uh, Caleb Downs back to Ohio State for that Michigan game. He's committed to Alabama right now, but there is a chance he comes back to Ohio State for the Michigan game. Now, if I'm Ohio State, and I'm sure they're thinking this way, you're going to want to show uh, Caleb Downs just what Lathan Ransom did today playing safety for the Buckeyes and you know, Caleb, you can be this guy here uh, at Ohio State. You can blitz. You could play in coverage. You can do everything uh, that you could possibly want to see out of a safety. So, you know, to me, that was an advertisement to get uh, perhaps Caleb Downs even more encouragement to come back to Ohio State to visit and maybe change his commitment from Alabama to Ohio State. Anybody else from 2023 I should mention before we move on to 2024? Obviously, Arian Carter on his official visit. That's the big one. Anybody else from 2023 that uh, we should hit on? Yeah, the big news today was that uh, Damon Wilson, the five-star defensive end from Florida, who basically, you know, it's he hasn't announced it's down to Ohio State or Georgia, but I've said since he made his official visit to Ohio State back uh, the first weekend of September, I've said that it's going to be Ohio State or Georgia. He did go to the Georgia-Tennessee game, and that helped Georgia, no question. Well, the big news is that he is going to be back in the horseshoe one more time at least for that Ohio State-Michigan game. So getting him back on campus, that is absolutely huge. If we can see 
Caleb Downs standing right next to him on the sideline for that game, so much the better. No doubt about it. All right, 2024. So a couple guys I jotted down using your uh, posts and stories on Bucknuts as a cheat code. So linebacker safety Garrett Stover was in the house today on an unofficial. These are 2024 kids. Uh, Garrett Stover being Cade's cousin, uh, tight end. Jaden Riddell and offensive lineman Jake Wheelock. Talk about those three and some other 2024 kids that the listeners need to know about. Yeah, I happened to go last night to see uh, uh, Stover play uh, what ended up being his final high school game of this season. And Garrett was was great. You know, he, his team was a little bit outmatched. Uh, they played Maslin, who uh, came into that pay- playoff game last night as the number one seed. But uh Maslin won 42 to 21, but uh, it wasn't because of uh, Garrett Stover. He played really well and <laughs> he had to kind of do it all. He was playing linebacker. He was playing safety. He was playing a, as kind of a slot wideout receiver. He was running the ball in reverses. You know, it's tough in a high school game of that magnitude of that caliber of players to play as many plays as he did last night. And he, he was very good. Um, you know, I really like Ohio state's chances with Garrett Stover. And as he told me last night, he's probably going to decide sometime in the coming weeks to coming months. He wants to decide if at all possible. And I think it will likely happen before the end of this year. In other words, by the end of December. Uh, so yeah, he, uh, he, he was one that uh, High State welcomes back in t- this weekend. And you mentioned the others. Jake Wheelock, from from your neck of the woods, Dave, from Dayton Stebbins High School. Uh, he's kind of an underrated guy. I like him a lot, actually. He doesn't have a High State offer yet, but I think he's a pretty, pretty solid prospect. And a couple that a uh, few that you didn't mention, Chris Henry. Um, you probably remember that name from your Bengal, Bengals, uh, Dave. But Chris Henry... Uh, is a 2026 wide receiver from Cincinnati West Claremont. That 2026 guy has already got an offer from Ohio State. Uh, certainly, he is someone we want to mention. And Ethan Barber from Alpharetta, Georgia, is a 2025 tight end. And then uh, Imarian Stewart is a wide receiver athlete from Bolingbrook, Illinois, class of 2024. Those are some other guys certainly worth mentioning. All right. Question from Josh on Facebook for the Dean. Dean, is there room for Justin Haynes and Downs in this class? If they could get them, absolutely yes. You don't turn those guys down. Uh, as, as I said, Caleb Downs, and there was no pun intended there when I said you don't turn those guys down. But with Caleb Downs, he's as good a player. It, it, I really like him as the best player best athlete player in the country. So he's going to get in if he wants to flip, no question. Justice Justice Haynes, he is also an Alabama commitment, and if he wanted to flip, uh, he he too would get in. But with Haynes, I, I don't really see that happening. I think if he were to flip, it would more likely be to Georgia from Alabama. But in the case of Downs, if he's to flip, I think it would be more likely Ohio State if he flipped rather than for him to go to Georgia. And, and by the way, uh, Haynes and uh, Downs are both from the state of Georgia. A lot of people want to, want to know about running backs. This is from Buckeye80 on YouTube, Bill. Uh, what other running backs are the Buckeyes in on for the 2023 class? Uh, they're really not right now. Yeah, they're, they're really not. Um, they're looking at the 2024 running backs for right now. Now, if Haynes wanted to flip, yeah, sure, they would, they'd love that. But um, 
and you know this, Dave, when you look at the roster for next year, um, they've got five running backs, scholarship running backs uh, that will be back. Um, you know, you've got Mayan Williams and uh, Travion Henderson. You've got Evan Pryor coming back. You've got Dalen Hayden. And then the fifth one actually is Mark Fletcher from uh, the class of 2023 is committed. So that's five running backs. And the usual number is five or six. So they're really more focused on the 2024 running backs, unless you could get, you know, a real difference maker like a Haynes to flip, for instance. Any worries about Mark Fletcher? There's been talk, you know, he like is on a, you know, unofficial visit today. Any worries that he might flip? You know, that's, that's a good guy to, to mention, Dave. I, I don't want to say my flip meter is real high with him right now. You know, he was supposed to go to the Florida game today. I haven't confirmed if he made it or not. You know, we hear all the time these guys are supposed to go other places. Noah Rogers was supposed to go to a North Carolina State game, and he did not end up making it. Carnell Tate was supposed to go see Tennessee, and that didn't happen. So I always, you know, want to actually confirm that they are at that game. So far, I don't know for sure that Fletcher is at the Florida game today, just that he was supposed to go. And, again, I, I like the chances of him staying with Ohio State, but, again, you recruit great players, and they're going to get recruited all the way through by other schools too. So we look at this 2023 class. Obviously, I mean, signing day is next month. I don't even call it early signing day anymore. But basically, everybody signs early, and then it's like you know the the what we used to know as signing day is like there's like two or three guys maybe if that. Uh, so they've got 21 commits. They're ranked fifth overall in the 24/7 Sports Composite. How many do you think that they land within this class? If you had to like bet on it, where do you think they're going to rank? fourth, fifth, third, like where do you think they're going to end up? Well, I think they'll end up in the top five and they could, they could press for the top class if they get the guys that they still have a, a chance. You know, if they, if you get Mateo, uh, uh, Uyunglea for, for one, if you get Damon Wilson, uh, w- would be another Keon Keeley. Those are all five-star guys. If they get a couple of those guys and it's not out of the question by any means, if they were to flip Caleb Downs, Another one, a Ryan Carter is another one. Those guys are difference makers as far as the class goes. In Carter's case, Alabama is really pushing hard to get him. We talked about him. So it'll be a top five class. It could press push for number one, depending on what happens. As far as how many, as you mentioned, there's 21 in the class right now. And I think it's going to end up my guess would be 23, maybe 24. But if they get the right guys, they'll go to 25, no question. All right, before I let you go, anything else you want? Any parting thoughts, either about the game today, recruiting, anything you want to say before we get you out of here, Mr. Bill Curlick? I'll say a positive and a potential negative. Uh, I certainly liked, and I'm sure you did, the way Ohio State uh, looked up front on offense today much better. They blocked. Blocking was much better. Josh Fryer, I watched him a lot. I thought he did a nice job, Mm -hmm. Um, which bodes well for the future because they're going to need him next season for sure. So I thought Josh Fryer played well. I thought the the running game uh, was better, and that's going to be important here down the stretch. On the negative side, you know, I don't, I don't know, Dave. Have they, have they said exactly the extent of Mayan Williams' injury yet? I don't think they have. I think I don't think they have, and I'm not at the press conference. Obviously, we're going to hear from Patrick and Steve afterwards. I doubt. They're going to say anything, and uh, I don't know. It didn't look good. I mean, no. he couldn't put any weight on it, and then once he got to the sideline, he had to get carted to the locker room and then came back out, crutches, walking boot. I don't know what to make of the thumbs up and, like, OH. It kind of makes you think, like, man, he was just saying, 
you know, I'll be all right. Yeah, maybe I'm out for the – I don't know. I mean, yeah. that's, a, that's a concern because he's been their best running back this year. Oh, I agree. He's been the guy. And, you know, it, that worries me if, as far as the Buckeyes concerned. If he's not available for Michigan, that that would worry me. And uh, as you know, Dave, you know, it, if you – know, hopefully nothing is broken. I, but even if it's a high ankle sprain – those usually are three to four week deals. So that would be a concern. That's the biggest concern I have out of today for sure. No doubt about it. Well, one concern I don't have is working with Bill Curlick. He is the best in the <laughs> business. He is the dean of Ohio State football recruiting. He is Bill Curlick. Thank you very much, my friend. Appreciate you jumping on post game podcast. Thanks again. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, my friend. Always good to join you, Dave. Have a good weekend yourself, my man. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. All right, there he is, Bill Curlick, live from the Palatial Curlick Estate, the Olentangy School District. We don't need to get more uh, specific than that. So Ben on YouTube is uh, staying optimistic. He says, I bet Mayan will be back for that school up north. I kind of get that feeling too, Ben, you know, but, you know, is it going to be 60%? I would actually take that, strap it up, you know, Get a shot, whatever. I mean, just get through that Michigan game. The rest for the Big Ten championship game against whoever wins the JV. And then uh, wait till the playoffs. Rightful one on YouTube. I think even if mine is out for that team up north, we will be fine. Ryan Day will be dialing it up with X-Man and whoever we got. Yeah, Dallin. I agree. I, I don't think – I don't want to diminish this because – you guys know how much I love Maya and, and like he's he just brings a physicality to this running game that they don't have without him. That being said, I think that they not I don't not easily, but like I don't think that'd be the difference in not beating Michigan. That might be the difference in not beating Michigan by 17, but I don't think it's gonna be the difference of beating Michigan or not. And again, that's not a knock on mine because I love mine and maybe more than anybody except for Mayan's mom. Like I'm a huge Mayan Williams fan. Um, I'm just saying I, I'm confident in in what's going to happen in two weeks with Michigan coming here, with it being at the horseshoe, revenge factor. Um, and I think Ohio State's got the better team. I mean, frankly, I mean, Indiana looked terrible today, right? Who was Michigan tied with at halftime? Indiana. And I don't like the transitive property. I think it's stupid, actually. It, it's, you know, the facts prove it out. The transitive property doesn't really work in football. It, it really is, is almost meaningless. Yet some people jump on it and want to talk about common opponents. So if we want to do that, we can do that. So Michigan was tied. I'm pointing at my TV because I'm watching Michigan-Nebraska right now. Michigan with a commanding 7 nothing lead over Nebraska. Uh, Michigan was tied at halftime against Indiana. I think it was tied even going into the fourth quarter. Okay. Ohio State blows that, that Indiana team out of the water. So if we want to talk about transitive property and common opponents, all that, we can do that. It's stupid, but we can do that for sure. I know after the Penn State game, it was like, oh, Michigan blew out Penn State and Ohio State. Does. You know, okay. What about every other common opponent? Iowa, Michigan beat. What well, they beat them by? Like Thirteen. Ohio State beat them by forty-four. Again today, fifty-six to fourteen. Indiana, Michigan's tied with them at halftime. Michigan was trailing at halftime against Rutgers. Was leading Michigan State by six at halftime. And again, they took care of business in all of those games. Michigan's a very good team. I'm not saying they're not very good, but that great song from uh, Top Gun Maverick, I ain't worried about it, okay? Keeping dreams alive. 
Got a question here from Brutus B. Buckeye on YouTube. Do you think this forces Ohio State to play Henderson next week? I think he was probably going to play anyway. I mean, I think he's, he probably could have played today if they if they actually needed him to. That's my that's my guess. <laughs> I'm not going to say the whole name here. I you know, kudos. This seems like something from The Simpsons with your uh, username there, Hugh. We'll just go with Hugh on uh, YouTube. Chip T is a physical back. Needs carries next week and possibly against UM. I agree. I mean, he's banged up though. And now it's like, you, you don't want to all of a sudden like be like breaking that glass against Michigan. Like he, he's got like one carry all year. Train him does chip train him. And I like his, I liked his film in high school. I thought he ran the ball well, Arizona state. So I like him, but like, hopefully they can get him some game reps next week. Oh my gosh. Thought I put this person in a, I just put you in a timeout, and I'm going to block this uh, user. If we have somebody from a uh, 69 triple X site uh, chiming in, and Patrick Murphy's not even here yet. Sorry. Now Patrick's not going to show up now that I said that. I'm kidding. I was just thinking this. We have Buckeyes fan up north saying Cam Martinez should return punts based on his high school film. I wrote the exact same thing in my notes. Cam Martinez should return punts. Like not over, like not over Emeka, but like if you're going to use a backup punt returner, how about use Cam Martinez and not Reese Stocksdale? I feel bad for Reese Stocksdale. Poor kid. Walk on, gets in there and muffs two punts, including one that they lose. That they cash in for a touchdown. So half of half of Indiana's points are because of a redshirt freshman walk on wide receiver who they put back there to return punts as a backup punt returner. But I agree. Why is Cam Martinez not back there? And it's not like, oh, well, he did it in high school, but he's never practices. He practices as the punt returner. When we're out there at practice, the few times that we are, Cam Martinez works as one of the backup punt returners. They just decided since Cam Martinez gets to play on defense, my guess is they decided to give Reese Stocksdale a little love there. And I'm, I'm guessing it was a fluke. He must have good hands in practice. So they, they wouldn't have done that. So just when we think they're getting healthy at corner, they get uh, Jordan Hancock back. So now Denzel Burke didn't play today. I wonder what's up with that. It's another thing I want to ask Patrick and Steve. Obviously, the big thing everybody wants to know about is what's going on with Mayan. I doubt we're going to know too much about that. Um, Brad Wallace on YouTube. Dave, thoughts on CJ today? I loved it. I loved his willingness in the running game. Even sometimes it didn't work, and I don't even want to see him get hit. Like I don't need I don't need him getting t- lowering his right shoulder. Like, but he did that, and I like he's showing a little dog. I like that. Um, and I thought he threw the ball very well. I mean, his stats are misleading. Keep in mind, Julian Fleming dropped what would have been like a forty yard pass. There were a couple other drops in there as well. I thought CJ. I keep saying this: if they if he plays even reasonably well, he doesn't have to like set the world on fire. If he plays well against Michigan. And they win, he's got the Heisman. I think he's. I think he'll win it over Hendon Hooker. Feels like a two man race right now. Drew, if Cam Bab is healthy enough to get out there and score, isn't he healthy enough to play more often? Well, Drew, I think Drew on YouTube. I, here's the thing. This is my guess. Is like he's probably barely healthy enough to play. Uh, could he play like 30 snaps in a game? I, I don't know. Probably not. We're talking about a guy. I don't know how, how much cartilage he even has left in any of his knees. Like four ACL surgeries, two on each knee. And he's, had, he's been, also had another injury this year that finally he was able to come back from. That was just great. You know, so no, I don't think he could play more. They would play more. 
Um, that was just great to see, wasn't it? That was fantastic. I'm just getting a smile just thinking about it again. Jeff B. on YouTube. Seems like none of Ohio State's punt returners want to catch the ball. Yeah, they've got to get that cleaned up. They, they, they should be more – they've got too much talent to not be more explosive. I think Parker Fleming's doing some good things as special teams coach, and some things I'm like, how are they not crisper, cleaner in this area? You know, it's Ohio State. They, Ryan Day talks about it himself. We're not trying to be 15th best in America in this category. We're not trying to be like 18th best in America. We're trying to be best in America, period, in this and this, everything across the board. What you're talking about, like, and this is when he was talking about coming into the season, every kind of, kind of, really? Top 10 defense? That was the expectation for Ryan Day. Top 10 defense. Why not? And look at him now. Top five defense. <laughs> Bilal saying uh, Hendon Hooker's 35 years old. He ain't getting no Heisman. Well, I mean, Chris Winkie was like, first of all, Hendon Hooker's like, I think, 25. Chris Winkie was like, what, 28, 29? So it won't matter. You gotta you gotta take care of business. That's what I'm I'm telling you. If it comes, he's put up the stats. I have no doubt he will next week at Maryland against a bad defense. Maryland's got a, a good offense, but a bad defense. And then if he has again a decent game against Michigan and Ohio State wins, they've already got his, his name on that trophy. He just has to go to New York and pick it up. Paraphrasing the great Maurice Claret talking about the Ohio. <laughs> Mr. Football Trophy entering his senior year of high school. He said, they already have my name on that Mr. Football Trophy. I just have to go down to Columbus and pick it up. By the way, Mr. Football Award winner that year, Maurice Claret. So, yeah. All right, we're still going to hear from Patrick Murphy and Steve Hellwagon live from Ohio Stadium. Um, let me see how close these boys are. I'm very curious if anything was said about mine. I'm guessing nothing was said about mine. Didn't look good, though, did it? Did not look good. Rifle one saying, Maryland's offensive line is looking bad against Penn State. I think we're going to be all over Tunga Vailoa. Yeah, and he's, like, banged up, too. I haven't I haven't seen any of that game yet, but um, he, was, he was coming off a knee injury. I know they were playing in bad weather last week, just like Ohio State was. Maryland was up at Wisconsin. It wasn't as bad as it was in Evanston, but it was still bad in in, uh, in Madison. Um, and uh, Maryland couldn't do anything. Tonga Vailoa threw for under 100 yards in that game. So I wonder if he's still – I wonder if his knee's still a little banged up. And um, I'm not worried about Maryland. I mean, people talk about that all year as like maybe a trap game because he came before Michigan and they have an explosive offense. But, I mean, we talked about the importance of coaching earlier, right? Mike Loxley, not a good head coach. Good recruiter. Can do some things like, but like, not a good head coach. And Ryan Day does not like him. There's certain guys Ryan Day I don't think is fond of. Tom Allen being one of them. <laughs> um, we we certainly know Jim Harbaugh. So like you finish the schedule out with Tom Allen, Mike Loxley, and Jim Harbaugh. None of them are on Ryan Day's Christmas card list, especially the last two. Alejo da Costa on YouTube. Do I think Dallin and Xavier can carry the running game? I don't believe in Trey, even if he's healthy, to be honest. Wow. I mean, I, I believe in Trey still. We saw I know what I saw last year. He ran hard this year. I mean, he's been banged up. Um, yeah, as long as the receivers stay healthy, they, they need a serviceable running game. They can definitely take care of business with Dallin Hayden and Xavier Johnson. But I, th I do think they need Travion Henderson, too, though. I think they need all three of them. 
But yeah, okay, to answer your question, they just had those two, but they stay healthy on the O-line. CJ's throwing the ball well and the wide receivers are healthy. Yeah, absolutely, because you're talking about an elite passer and elite wide receivers. What we're seeing out of Marvin Harrison Jr. is special. We, you know, we know what we're seeing out of CJ is special. You know, I agree with Joel Klatt. I think we're going to be looking at Marvin Harrison Jr. Not as a really good wide receiver in the NFL in a few years, but as the best wide receiver in the NFL. That's how good he is. He makes absolutely ridiculous catches. And it's funny, like, the, the reason he wasn't ranked so high is because he, like, wasn't, like, known as a burner. Like, I don't know, maybe he went to, like, a combine and didn't run real fast. Like, his football speed is, like, really good. They're talking about his miles per hour. He's quick. He's tough. His toughness is underrated. He catches everything, six foot four, 205. I mean, he is an absolute stud of all the great receivers that have been through here in a while. Like, he's up there. And we might look at him as, you know, I'm not going to do any, any hyperbole right there, but he'll, when we're talking about the best receivers that come through Ohio State, like Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to be in that discussion of the best. I'm not going to say he's the best, but he'll be in the discussion. He's in the discussion. That's how good. That's what I'm seeing at him. Like he needs to finish the year out. Um, I mean, he's knocking on the, as I said, he's already up to 60 catches, 969 yards, and 11 touchdowns on the season, 10 games in. Okay, so he's going to he's going to finish with a great year, but it's more than just the stats. It's what the way he's doing it. Some of the catches he's making. He has a highlight reel catch every game, sometimes twice a game. I love it. And again, people don't talk about his toughness enough. People don't talk about his speed enough. They talk about his height and his ability to catch the ball and rightfully so. But he's fast. He's fast. Maybe it's just that he's, you know, when he puts pads on, he's just as fast. I don't know what it is. Why the he was ranked as like the 14th wide receiver in the country in his high school class. Like, okay. Um but um, he, he better win the Bolitnikoff Award. Kid from Tennessee's got some good stats. It's going to be hard to overlook him. He's got some really good stats. But the very least, Marvin better be a finalist for the Bolitnikoff Award, unlike the nonsense we saw last year. So, yeah, Lathan Ransom can't say enough nice things about him. Brian on YouTube saying uh, JSN is probably done. I That's... My guess, I do feel good that his dad told the Columbus Dispatch that he will be back at some point, though. That's his dad saying it. Why would your dad say that? So maybe maybe he won't be back in two weeks, but we'll be back for the playoffs. Why not give it a try? Maybe pull a Jalen Waddle. Waddle played against the Buckeyes in the national championship game, caught a touchdown. How about do that, you know? Come back for the playoffs. If you re-injure it, you re-injure it. But if he's willing to do it, it has to be his call, obviously. Bilal wants me to talk about the defense. How many rushing yards did Indiana get today? I mean, not many, right? I mean, Ohio State's defense, I just am very impressed with them. And Indiana's offense is not going to get confused with a good one. But um, still, they gave they they gave uh, Michigan a lot more trouble than they gave Ohio State. Look that up. Let's check out a little box score action here. How, how, many, how many rushing yards did Ohio State give up today? Not many. Teams, I love that. I love, I'm a stats guy. So, Oh, Indiana did get 150 rushing yards. They only had 119 passing yards, though. So total yards, uh, Ohio State 662, Indiana 269. I love that. The, the national rankings are going to be even better for the offense and the defense for the Buckeyes. Again, total yards, 662 for Ohio State, 269 for Indiana. Love it. You outgained them by almost 400 yards. Love it. David on YouTube. Am I optimistic about Mayan going forward? 
no, I, I would love to say I am. That's the one thing that has me like, man, that would have been a perfect game today if not for that. No, I'm not optimistic. I would love to say that I am. I'm pessimistic. I hope I'm wrong. We're going to hear from Patrick Murphy and Steve Hellwagon soon. They're getting out of postgame interviews. Very soon we will hear from them. But no, I mean, I, I, I didn't look good, right? I mean, couldn't put any weight on it. He's a tough dude. You can tell he wanted to get off on his own power, then couldn't. Had to be carried off. Then had to be carted to the training room. Then we came back out, foot in a boot, and, and on crutches. Brad on YouTube, if the Buckeyes get to the Fiesta Bowl, high chance we get J, JSN, Trey, and Mayan back. I think Trey's going to be back next week. But JSN and Mayan, yeah, I think if – my guess is Mayan, if they get to the playoffs, would be able to play. I'm just concerned about will, will he be ready for Michigan, and that's the exact type of game you need a guy like Mayan Williams because he just, as I said, he brings a physicality to this running game that they do not have without him. They can be effective in the running game without him, but he brings a physicality that they do not have without him. So that's that was disappointing. Mike with a little spoiler. Yeah, that's what I figured, though, Mike. Mike on YouTube saying, Day said nothing on Mayan in the presser. Yeah. He's, yeah. That's no surprise. Two-pager Larry, after every game, I immediately come to your live chat to hear sharp analysis. Thank you, Larry. I appreciate that. Appreciate you guys tuning into the show. I thank you for that comment. Thank you to all of you for tuning into the show. I'm not going anywhere right now. Just want to give you guys a preemptive uh, thank you because just football going on, a lot of going on. You guys are hanging out with me. I love hanging out with you guys, answering your questions, talking Buckeye football. So thank you for tuning in here to what we learn live. David on YouTube again. No mine against that team up north. North would hurt. Yeah, it sure would. There's no doubt it would. I still think they will win the game without him, but it, it, it just adds to the level of difficulty. They'll be all right, though. They'll be all right, though. Brian, we will talk more about this next week, but they can't lose two the games in a row. I think he would be the first one to agree with you. It's not like he'd be fired if he loses, but like, man, it'd be like, let's not, yeah, right. Let's not even like, he's not going to, he's not going to. So it's all good. No, but I, I agree with your point, Brian. Ann Arbor Buckeye. Whoa. Talk about behind enemy lines Ann Arbor Buckeye on YouTube. Evan Pryor would have been a beast this year. He looked really good, and they definitely like could have used him, like especially now with all the injuries. Like he looked really good to me in the spring. You guys also saw what he did in the spring game. Even like some of the other practices in the spring, he looked really good. Appreciate you, Brian. Brian is giving all of the nice comments here. Appreciate that. I agree with this. John, I, I touched on this a little bit, but I probably didn't focus on it enough. John on YouTube, Ohio State is a better team when they run between the center and the tackle area. When they run the stretch, they do not seem to be as effective as much. Amen to that. When they go north-south and they're quick hitting going north-south, power running, they're effective. When they do the stretch, it just doesn't seem to work. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. But, yeah, thank you for bringing it up, John. I, I – 
touched on that a little bit, but not enough. So I'm glad you brought that up. They need to do more of that hard hitting right up the middle, you know, between the center and the guards and the tackles, like keep it between the tackles. Put mine in the hyperbaric chamber, says Rick on uh, YouTube. I'm sure they're going to do everything they can and and then some. (laughs) Brian, these young kids haven't lived through the Cooper misery. Don't read this. Brian, I'm sure some people on the uh, you, on the uh, podcast have lived through the Cooper misery and know exactly what you're talking about. Josh on Facebook, Big Ten West is terrible. We were Josh. We refer to that as the Big Ten JV on the show. Um, Josh says the Big Ten West is terrible. Who do I think will make it to the championship? I mean, I would have said Illinois. Now I don't even know. They lost right today. They lost to Purdue. What a mess. What an absolute. Is Iowa going to make it again? I have no idea. I'll have to like break that down after the show. Hilarious. The Big Ten JV. It's kind of like what I think with the NFL. NFL needs to do away with if you have a losing record in the NFL and you win your division, I don't care. You should not be in the playoffs. I don't care that you won your division. That means your division is terrible and you got to play against those teams all of them twice. So let's say the Tampa Bay Bucks this year go eight and nine. They shouldn't be able to make the playoffs if they win their division. You should give it to whoever the next best team is that'd be left out. Assuming there is a team that's better than eight and nine, right? So, like, yeah, I, I wish they wouldn't even do that. This is why divisions in college football is just so stupid. You don't do it in basketball, do you? Can you imagine that in basketball? If they did that in the Big Ten, had two different divisions, what's the point? And you have, like, the three best teams all in the same division? It's dumb, okay? It's dumb. Now, I will say this, though. Uh, it does make the game more fun because if they didn't do divisions, it would just be a rematch of Ohio State and Michigan in, in the following week. So it's going to be kind of fun to beat Michigan and then go take care of whoever wins the JV. Gosh, all five. So, so all five of them are still in it. So you got Illinois, you got Purdue, all, all these, all these terrible teams, Minnesota, Iowa, and Wisconsin are all still in it. Amazing. Patrick Murphy live from the horseshoe. All hey, right. Hey. Welcome to the show, my friend. Now I'm, I'm told to no surprise that Ryan Day did not say anything about Mayan Williams. What's your gut telling you? That did not look good at all, Patrick. Well, he didn't give an update in terms of what injury it was, anything like that, as we expected. But he did say he didn't think it was something that was going to keep him out long term, um, that he would, they were going to look at it and see how he feels tomorrow. Said the same about Travion Henderson. He said both backs are got, you know, the injuries are things that they think guys will be back soon. So uh, Chip Trainum, too, he, he included him in that. So, look. Ryan has on more than one occasion said, I think we'll have him back next week in reference to a guy like Jackson Smith and Jigba, and he hasn't been. So I will take what Ryan said with like an educated grain of salt. I don't think he usually comes straight out and lies to us. I just think sometimes he doesn't have all the information. Look, it didn't look good. Um, You know, they immediately took him to the locker room. I will say the fact that he came back out in a boot, wasn't really using the crutches from what I could see. On the sideline, just, you know, kind of had him, I think, probably for support. I imagine he was in, in pretty good pain there. Um, so, you know, just without, without my medical degree in hand, I would say I think it's probably better than it initially looked. That's great news. Like, I didn't expect you to come out here and be like, yeah. oh, he's all good. Yeah, he's, he's fine. He'll be, uh, he'll be running for 300 yards. That's fantastic. And for Ryan to even say, because even when – when he gave like the, the credo, like, okay, we're done talking about injuries. When I asked him about mine a couple weeks ago and he said, yeah. but I, then he said that, but he said, that being said, 
I will say the good news is it's not serious. That's all like Buckeye fans wanted to hear. And like for him to say that leads me to believe we will not see Mayan Williams next week against Maryland. I'm just spitballing here. But he won't be 100%. Not that he would be anyway. But we'll probably see him against Michigan in two weeks, just based on what you just said, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think you see how he's feeling, obviously. Um, but I have to think they, you know, did tests or, or extra, you know, whatever they needed to do when he went into the locker room before halftime. And obviously he didn't come back out from halftime right away. So, yeah, I mean, Ryan obviously wasn't going to say, you know, he's out for the year today. Uh, but I do think it, it was certainly a positive for sure. All right, so let's talk about some of the other guys that didn't play. So Dewan Jones didn't play. Josh Fryer got his first start. Yeah. I thought played really well. Bill Curlick was talking about we We're talking Bill Curlick about recruiting. Bill was saying he wanted to throw in, hey, Josh Fryer's a guy obviously Bill's known for a long time through recruiting, and they thought he was focusing on him and thought Josh Fryer played really well. He did. He had a nice, really, really nice seal block on a long run. Um, let's start with that. Why did Dewan Jones miss the game, and um, how would you feel like Josh Fryer played? I don't know what Dewan's – dealing with he was warming up i mean he came out for their initial warm-ups when they don't have their uniforms on came out with the uniforms was with the line group was active but then when they went to the uh, 11 v 11 he did not take snaps uh day said afterwards that it was something that kind of went down to the last minute and he just didn't feel completely ready to go they're not going to force somebody who isn't feeling completely ready to go to go out there and obviously you have a guy, like you said, in Josh Fryer, who I agree, I thought played really well for a, you know, a first start. Remember, he tore his ACL in the offseason. This is a guy who missed spring and missed some of uh, the summer program and all that because of, of that injury. So he's, he's still getting back, as Ryan Day said this past week, kind of getting back to 100%, um, not injury-wise, but just you know, getting back to, to everything that, that comes with coming from an ACL injury. What I will say... I saw some people on, I think it was on Twitter saying, you know, this is the, this is the way you've got to go with the offensive line. Look, it was Indiana. The weather wasn't as terrible as it was a week ago. When Dewan Jones is healthy, I think Dewan Jones is coming right back into that spot. But I think it's a good thing to know that you have Josh Fryer who can step in. I mean, I don't think Dewan Jones has been an issue other than some occasional penalties. But, uh, you know, I, I think if, if you're talking about the issues on the offensive line, it's been the guards that have struggled the last couple of weeks more so than the tackles. So I think Dewan's back in there once he's healthy. But I think it's a very positive sign in case he's not at some point or, you know, you do need to change things that you have Josh Fryer. Denzel Burke, you and I were texting about this. Yeah. You saw him warming up. He was in uniform. He was not going through 11-on-11, though, during warm-up. So probably precautionary. What do you, you think is going on with Denzel? Yeah, Ryan kind of grouped uh, Denzel, Dewan Jones, and Chip Trainum all together in guys that, look, a lot of guys are, are banged up and dealing with stuff right now, but those were three guys who just didn't, didn't feel ready for whatever reason, whatever they're dealing with. So it, it doesn't sound like it's anything serious. I think with, with all three of those guys, if this were Michigan, they're on the field. That's, that's the way I read what Ryan Day said. And, you know, it's, it's been so interesting this year with these injuries. And we talk about it every week. Guys just, you know, guys are in, guys are out. And I do think some of it is just Ohio State playing that, that we're going to be careful game because we know we should win most of these games. And, and we know what's coming, you know, down the, down, the, down the road. And they obviously, you know, had that with Penn State and we'll have that with Michigan and, and anything after that. So, you know, I think if, if this were the situation and you're – you know, Maryland, just for an example, 
you probably get these guys out there and, and they're playing banged up a little bit. But with Ohio State, you recruit so well, you have so many guys, you're talented enough that you, you don't have to force guys out there every week that, that may be battling some injuries. How about Cam Babb? Yeah, How cool awesome. is that? Awesome stuff. He just came up. He and CJ Stroud were at the podium together. Steve will have the video up uh, shortly. But they, they kind of did their press conference together, which was pretty cool. You know, two guys that, that have a lot of faith uh, in God, and, and they talked about that a lot. And, you know, I know that's not everyone's cup of tea, but Cam wouldn't go away from the fact that he's put his trust in, in God and his, his beliefs and that that's helped him on this path to, to fighting back from four ACL tears and, and whatnot. Um, I forgot that that was his first career catch. I knew, I knew it was right away it was his first career touchdown, but I, I looked it up um, and was like, oh, wow, that, that was his first catch. Really cool, really great dude, comes from a great family. I've talked to his family, actually. They were standing right outside the, the media room when we walked out. Um, I, know, I don't know if people saw it, but he went over to the stands, actually, right back here uh, where the family sit and gave, gave his parents a hug afterwards after he got done being hugged by, I think everyone else on the football team, including right. players and coaches. So right. uh, awesome moment. Uh, uh, the Bucknuts <laughs> account tweeted, you know, high stake got in a delay game and like six people immediately responded with uh, it doesn't matter. You know, it was for Cam Bab or, you know, something along those lines, which I completely agree with when I saw that. So, you know, fantastic. And, and Ryan day said, they knew they were going to be able to get Cam into the game, assuming, you know, the, the game went to script today, and it did. And it was just about, you know, trying to figure it out. And, and, you know, you don't want to force something like that. But they got Marvin Harrison out, so they got him on the field. And then Indiana took a timeout, or there was an injury timeout. And uh, C.J. Stroud came up to him and said, you know, what, what do you think about getting this one for Cam, getting him a touchdown? And he said, I, I think that's exactly what we should do. So, obviously, there are other things, and, and things have to go right for Cam to be open there. certainly schemed up for Camp Babbitt. And I think as soon as people saw him get on the field and you're down by the end zone, you know they're going to at least try to get, get the ball to him. He's mean so much to this program. Captain, the, the Blocko winner. Um, it was just cool to even see him walk out with the captains today in uniform. All season he's done it in street clothes. And, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. So awesome to see him back. We'll see how much he can contribute to this team. Obviously it's a really deep wide receiver room, but He's a talented player and, and one that I think defenses may overlook a little bit. You know, if you need a guy who who can step in and, and maybe kind of be a, a sneaky weapon out there, you know, assuming he can c- continue to stay healthy. Patrick, you are a sneaky weapon yourself. Uh, thank you very much for your insights. Live from Ohio Stadium, we're going to get to Steve Hellwagon now. Patrick, you get back to work. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you joining the show. <clears throat> yep. Talk to you guys later. He's Patrick Murphy. Now we welcome in Steve Hellwagon live from the Horseshoe. Steve, Patrick gave what I thought was a good update on Mayan Williams. That looked like it could have been serious. Apparently Ryan Day told you guys that uh, doesn't seem like it's long-term. I doubt we're going to see him next week, but as long as we see him against Michigan, that's all that matters in my book. But uh, what are you hearing? What do you, what do you think about Mayan? Yeah, he didn't seem like it was the end of the season type thing. He was on crutches, but, I mean, this guy is like indestructible, I guess. Uh, I mean, he leaves the stadium with his arm in a sling one week and then now on crutches this week. And I expect him to fully, uh, fully be out there next week. I mean, he just uh, he's like the Energizer bunny. He just takes a lick and keeps on ticking. They need uh, he and Travion both 
I think uh, to get uh, to get this thing where it needs to be for the last game of the regular season, obviously. But uh, you know, you got to like the way they attacked the mission today. Uh, it was Military Appreciation Day, and there was almost a military-like precision. I thought. <laughs> To a lot of what we saw with Ohio State today, they didn't wait around until the seventh possession like they did last week to finally put some points on the board. <clears throat> they did it on the second possession this week, and then they just kept right on going. It was 21 to nothing at the end of the first quarter, uh, 28 to seven at halftime, and then had the two touchdowns very quickly to start the second half. And uh, the game was pretty much over at that point. So, you know, I, um, I'm very encouraged by a lot of what I saw here. Uh, yeah, is it troubling that uh, there are still more injury issues with this team? Yes, very troubling because you want to be at full strength when the season's biggest games are coming up in the next, really, the next three weeks, essentially. Uh, I figured they're going to take care of business at Maryland one way or the other. I know Maryland is up or behind. Penn State, I think, 14 to nothing. It looked like they're on television uh, to start the game. So uh, that doesn't really surprise me playing at Penn State. But uh, playing back at home next week, they're going to be a much much better team and much more difficult team for Ohio State to go in there and uh, and take care of business. So, uh, you know, uh, C.J. Stroud was back on top of his game today. The the, – the rumors of his demise were greatly uh, exaggerated, and he didn't even have to run the ball a whole lot to do it. Uh, threw for 297 yards and five touchdowns. And, of course, the feel-good moment of the season, uh, the touchdown to uh, Kim Babb, who's dealt with four different ACL injuries and, uh, as Coach said, four different rehabs from the ACL. Uh, just been a, a terrible go for him in his time at Ohio State and for him. To, to have that type of a moment this deep in this season, just outstanding for him. Speaking of outstanding, you're right. I mean, Cam, we've been talking about that a lot. We can't talk about it enough. So happy for Cam Babb and his family. I mean, you can just see how his, his teammates reacted to that. That tells you everything you need to know. Him being named captain told you everything you need to know already, but that was just so cool. How about Xavier Johnson too, Steve? I mean, Xavier Johnson has stepped up. I mean, he made a huge play. In the opener against Notre Dame, he's been all over special teams. He can run the football. He can catch the football. A couple of huge plays today. Love Xavier Johnson. Every time we're out of practice these last four years, when he really wasn't getting much playing time, he was always making plays when we were out there. And now he's doing it on the field. Love that for Xavier Johnson, a fifth-year senior, former walk-on. Yeah, he's like the Swiss Army knife for this team. He uh, can do a little bit of everything. And uh, he played a little bit of wide receiver and a little bit of running back here today against Indiana came up so big uh, as coach said that the touchdown I believe that he had uh, they blocked it perfectly he made a couple guys miss early then he juked number 23 going down the right sideline cut it back against the grain picked up a block 40 50 yards downfield from Marvin Harrison Jr. knocked that guy on his can And then he outraced everybody else to the end zone. What a play. Uh, Maybe the play of the year so far. I don't know. But that's got to be one of the plays of the day, I would think. But, uh, yeah, just a a great individual effort by him, a great team effort by everybody who was in on that play to to get him into the end zone. Uh, That was was 11 guys selling out. That's what it looks like 
uh, when they're playing their best football, that's what it looks like right there. You saw it. And, uh, you know, again, I think you got to be exciting if uh, excited to see that type of a play uh, from this team. No question. Steve, we've seen a hell of a lot of great wide receivers come through Ohio State. Marvin Harrison Jr., I mean, he's at least going to be in the, in the discussion of the best that we've seen come through here. I mean, it's just – it's staggering some of the catches he makes and just what a complete wide receiver he is. I think coming in, people were like, well, he's a big guy, but maybe like a 4-5 guy. No, he's faster than what he the recruiting you know rankings had him as. He catches everything. I love everything about it. He's tougher than I think people – you know, give him credit for not that people say he's not tough, but like he's a tough dude. I mean, he's going to Steve, he's in the discussion. I don't say that lightly because Ohio state is like wide receiver. You basically, despite some years where they didn't even throw the ball that well, but he's going to be in the discussion. That's how great he is. I hope he wins the Bolitnikov. Yeah. If somebody comes out of nowhere, wins the Bolitnikov over him, then bully for them. They've had a great year because this guy's having one of the best years of any Ohio State wide receiver that I can recall. And uh, to me, uh, I was amazed early in the game. He made a great adjustment coming uh, down the left sideline, and he's turned like this, and he had to adjust his body like that to uh, to make that catch from C.J. Stroud on that pass down the field. Then I think he had the career longest touchdown that he's ever had, 58 yards in this game. And uh, that says a lot, a guy that uh, all he does is catch touchdowns, but uh, 58-yarder got behind the defense. And uh, how do you let that guy get behind you? I don't, I don't know what, the, what they were thinking on that one. But, uh, yeah, he, uh, he got five yards behind the defense and made him pay for it. And Stroud hit him with a great ball to 10-yard line, and he took it in the rest of the way and did the rest. So uh, blocks for people, uh, a possession receiver, uh, big play receiver, you name it, he can do it. He already had, oh, I think, five catches for 111 at halftime. And I think – finished, finished with seven for 135 and a touchdown. Now has 60 receptions for 969 yards and 11 touchdowns on the season. Now, yeah. the, kid, the kid from Tennessee has better stats. Okay, the kid from Tennessee, they'll probably look at that. The kid from Tennessee might win it, but, like, Marvin better at least be a finalist, damn it. And Tommy Eichenberg better at least be a finalist for the Buckus. And C.J. Stroud better win the Heisman. That's what I want. That's what I want for Christmas, Steve. Let's get you out of here. We have a question from a – I'll answer this one. Steven, is a, is a Mecca Buka hurt? No, I don't think he's hurt, is he? Mecca Buka's not hurt, is he? Well, he left – he may have come out of the game, and Tim may asked uh, Ryan Day about it, that maybe it was a helmet-to-helmet or, you know, a little clink that maybe there could have been an issue with him, maybe a concussion, but we don't we don't know. Oh, okay. And, uh, so we'll see. I, I'm not going to surmise because I didn't see it. Uh, but uh, yeah, I d- didn't recall him playing a whole lot there in the second half. So I'm not sure uh, what uh, what became of that. But uh, yeah, I uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see this week and, and see uh, what his availability is for next week. But uh, yeah, you know, it's kind of a funny story. Uh, <clears throat> they talked about for this game how Dewan Jones and Denzel Burke. Um, and there may have been somebody else, Travion Henderson, obviously. Uh, Dewan Jones warmed up, and Denzel Burke was in uniform, but they decided that they weren't able to play. And I just kind of chuckled because, you know, I think if anybody was on the fence whether they were going to be able to play or not today, they're playing Indiana, so you could sit this one out. But I just I just kind of joke that uh, in a couple of weeks when they're playing Michigan, 
you're going to have to uh, to hold people off the field with, uh, you know, uh, uh, whatever it is, you know, um, uh, you're going to need uh, weapons to keep people from getting off the field playing in that big Michigan game in a couple weeks. So, yeah, get everybody healed up and rested up now. Uh, I had somebody tweeted me at halftime, said, ask Coach Day why Mayan Williams is still in the game. In the second quarter, it's 28-7, to and uh, he already had over 100 yards at that point. He got hurt. You know, a guy rolled up on his ankle. His right ankle appeared and uh, injured him. Wanted to know why he was still in the game in the second quarter, and I just tweeted the guy back and said he can't win, talking about Coach Day, because you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. You know, oh, it didn't get enough work to work out all the kinks. You know, all that dumb bullshit that we hear every week. And, you know, I don't know. I just I'm tired of it. All the second guessing and all the everybody knows what the problem is. Sure you do. You know, so uh, the guys are doing the best they can to get through the season, the absolute best that they can and win every game and do what's best for the group. And I don't worry one bit about that. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to give any of that any kind of credence. Let's get you out of here on this. Brutus B. Buckeye has a question for Steve Hellwagon. Steve, on a scale of 1 to 10, how well did Ohio, how well did Ohio State's offensive line play today? 1 to 10. Uh, well, they had almost 600 yards uh, offense here. Let's see, 340 rushing, 322 passing. That's, in my math, 662 yards. That's got to be one of the top five or ten games all time in yardage. I'm going to say scale of one to 10, it was probably about a nine, maybe eight or a nine. There were a couple short yardage situations. I mean, they gave the ball to Mitch Rossi on fourth and one. Um, okay. You know, whatever. Uh, so <laughs> it didn't work well. No. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, I don't know that, you know, <laughs> they had a couple short yardage plays. They didn't convert. Let's just leave it at that. But I would say eight, oh, and, well, a half, eight yeah. and a half, I would say. Yeah, eight and a half, nine. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'd give it a nine. I like what I saw to Josh Fryer in the offensive line overall. Um, always like what I see in a Steve Hellwagon. All right, get back to work, my friend. Thank you, Steve Hellwagon, for your knowledge. Appreciate All it, right, man. Guys. Be good. All right, take care. Steve Hellwagon live from the horseshoe. Appreciate Steve joining us. All right, well, let's wrap it up. We've heard from the dean of Ohio State football recruiting, Bill Curlick. We've heard from Patrick Murphy and Steve Hellwagon. If you're just now tuning in or tuned in late, you can rewatch the entire show. Um, really appreciate you guys tuning in. I am Dave Biddle. Um, we'll be with you Monday for Bucknuts uh, Morning 5, Monday through Friday. Uh, appreciate you guys joining me here for Bucknuts, what we learned live following Ohio State's demolition over Indiana and great news about Mayan Williams. I was really worried about that. So Ohio State crushes Indiana 56 to 14 and – Sounds like it's not that serious with Mayan. So that is really, really, really good news if that's true. So um, love where this team is at. We are 14 days away, maybe less, you know, 13 days and change away from the game. Michigan right now leading Nebraska 14 to nothing midway through the second quarter against Michigan. Not looking that impressive. I mean, they're not, they don't look bad, but again, Nebraska. Um, I can't wait. I think Ohio State's going to take care of business and then some in two weeks. I cannot wait. Um, cannot thank you guys enough for joining me on the show. Really appreciate all of you for tuning in. Thanks again to the Dean of Ohio State Football Recruiting, Bill Curlick. Thank you to Patrick Murphy and Steve Hellwagon for their reports live from Ohio Stadium. And thanks, of course, to all of you 
Hope everyone has a great rest of your evening and a great rest of your weekend. Thanks again. Go Bucks. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.